right, welcome again to another episode of WTF Interviews. My name is Royce Brialis, and my esteemed co-host, Dr. Raheem Young. <laughs> he up, loves it when up? I call him that. <laughs> and also we have Andy Williams Jr., also the esteemed presidential candidate, my man. How you <laughs> doing, my, my brother? I'm good. The hood candidate. The hood candidate. The hood candidate. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. All right. So, Andy, can you tell us about that process, man? Just like, uh, and Andy ran for president this last year in 20, well, this year, 2020. So, uh, can you tell us about that process, like how you went about doing it? And like, what even made you want to run for president? So, on um, May 3rd, 2019, 10 o'clock at night, the ancestors spoke, guys like, hey, you want to run for president? I'm like, of course, why not? And so that's what started it. Um, I talked to my wife about it. She said, let her pray about it. Um, she said, okay, we're here for it. So I started reading, you know, the FEC rules, um, learning about the, 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 you know, the process getting the EIN number, open up a bank account, um, started out as an independent, got some flyers, spread around social media, sent it mm -hmm. to some brothers in jail. And then I wind up joining this Libertarian Party um, in November of uh, that year, 2019. Did a couple of debates with them, got known, met some people. And then when they wind up picking another candidate because I didn't even get on that Zoom call when they were doing the nominations. Mm -hmm. uh, I went back independent and I felt like I started this race. I have to finish it, you know, because the brothers on the streets, you know, enough people, it was five people, it was enough that was being inspired. Like, man, you really doing this? You running as an ex-offender? And then mm -hmm. I just, you know, did it and was a write-in candidate. So it was like 20-something states. You just had to let them know you running, fill out some paperwork. And that's it. Write my name in on the ballot. And so that's cool. That's it, you know. Uh, so I mean that's that's very um I mean that's inspiring, just like you just getting the notion to do it, man. Cause I know like for a lot of people that's beyond like comprehension, like you gotta be a certain type of person to run for president. You know what I mean? You gotta you could be a, a a blue blood or some uh, like have right. some type of background in that, but um, I mean I, your story is just it's amazing, man. That you was that you was able to do that. So like, nice. can you tell us um, a little bit about like your background and your your upbringing? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> I was born in Aurora, uh, October tenth, nineteen seventy two. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like that because it's the Bible verse I love. That's John ten ten, and says, uh, "The thief come to kill, steal, and destroy." So I think that's why I was born on October tenth because I was a thief, <laughs> <laughs> and I was destroying and you just doing stuff, man. You know, um, mm. so that's why I say that. But my my mom and dad separated when I was two. My dad wind up dating a white lady. She was from Germany. Um, I was raised with her for about 10 years. So by the time I was 12, her and my dad separated, got involved in gangs, which I wanted to in the beginning, 
uh, getting gangs, but my stepmom wasn't having that. And when she left, I wind up being, you know, hanging out with the gangster disciples and just wind up rising up in the street organization with them. Um, and not with them, like they was running, Hey, do this, this, it was just, you know, you hanging out with, with this yeah. generation of people. Yeah. Um, I wind up snatching a gold chain back in 90, 91, got arrested for it. <clears throat> the one I did, it was giving me probation for the one I didn't do. I wound up going to the penitentiary mm. for, uh, it was the Lieutenant's wife of the Royal police department. And, um, my friend did it, but I went to prison only like four months. I mean, I was locked up for a total of 13 months, but then I got out, went to my childhood home, started selling dope. Cause now the powder game is, is out like 92. Okay. And uh, three months later, I got arrested, <laughs> got raided, and I wound up getting a law library pass, beat the case in a bench trial after 11 months, got out, started selling hellified dope after going to the law library for three months, learning the laws. And then under the new concept of, of Larry Hoover growth and development, mm -hmm. I bought into the concept and I walked away from the 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 organizational negative lifestyle I was doing, you know, collectively. And I say that because once I stopped selling drugs and I, I did go back to hustling, but it just wasn't where I was, a, you know, the distributor no more. It was more me, you know, one-on-one -on -one sales with people, um, not through the street organization. Um, then this, the, the girl I had met when I had, was fighting that dope case, I got out. Mm. Wind up hooking up with her, had my first child, and then I had another child, and <laughs> then I had another child, uh, and um, I wind up it, back in '96. Is is uh, I was living in Aurora, and her brother got murdered in front of my house. And like '96 was about 28 murders in Aurora, but this time I was. Like that kind of like switched me into being involved in the community, started to at least. But mm -hmm. then I moved out of Aurora, went to Naperville, started selling cars, went to church. Then I got married. Um, <clears throat> then I wind up opening up a mortgage company, was doing that. Then the foreclosure crisis hit. I got wrapped up in that, fought a foreclosure for 13 years and got a divorce. Um, then wind up moving, <laughs> Work, went to school, got a bachelor's degree in paralegal studies, met my current wife where she was a girlfriend. And when I met her, I was living with another girl and was kicking it with her for like six years and she didn't know. And then I wind Damn. up proposing to her. <laughs> uh, and when I proposed to her, the the girl, the one of the girls I had been messing with, um, I had I had cut her off like four months prior to this. And I finally was like, yo, because I had never been faithful longer than six months. That's just the truth. <laughs> but it's a reason. It's a reason, though. I'll tell y'all why, but let me tell you. So then when um, the stuff came out, broke my girl's heart, but she forgave me. Then we wind up getting married. And <clears throat> because at that time, I had always been lying. But the reason why I was never faithful and committed, for me, is because my mom and stepmom both left me. 
My mom when I was mm-hmm. two, my stepmom when I was 12. Mm-hmm. When I was in church, I was an altar boy, did sign language, and I lost my virginity in the church. But the girl, it was a Sunday school teacher's daughter, but a week and, later, she the church. On the third floor in the closet. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, on the third floor. Okay. It lasted like one minute, 30 seconds. I don't know. <laughs> um, I was a 90 seconds, though. Hey, hey. <laughs> I thought she was my wife. <laughs> but she wound up messing with my best friend a week later, the other altar boy. And then the other girl I was messing with in the church, uh, she was messing with you know one of the brothers in the streets. And I just, I could never trust a woman. I said, geez, they're going to cheat on me and leave me. So that kind of set that trauma in, along with the mental trauma from my dad not having a dad around, growing up with his woman. You know, there's a a post-traumatic slavery syndrome that happens from generation to generation. Like that fear and that uh, of being oppressed carries on through generation. And until we fully heal from that, we repeat the cycle. And so I was repeating the cycle of the trauma from my childhood and other things. And it just, it had me, you know, gripped and I, I got free from that, you know? So from there, you know, it's, it's other little stuff. I joined the NAACP, was a fierce advocate for people in foreclosure, suing the banks and, you know, <laughs> this is what I was doing. And now I just, I'm living my life just to care about people and not, it, it's like for me, the church, well, this is what I say in one of my stories that I grew up in the church and if the church would have taught discipleship, meaning I'm going to teach you, educate you, walk with you, I mm. never would have been a gangster mm. because I was so, in the church first. So if you would have taught discipleship, which is the commission based on the book, I would have yeah. been for that because I was in the streets. I just I just wanted to be in the streets all the time. So I'd have been following, quote unquote, the shepherd or the leaders of the church. But since they couldn't do it, Larry Hoover had to do it because he's made more disciples than um, uh, the church has. Mm-hmm. He just he just has, and I give honor to that man just based on the blueprint that was written that I followed. I'm not saying, you know, oh, Larry Hoover's a great man. But to me, the readings and the teachings that I've learned and applied to my life has made me step up to be responsible, to be a man. Uh, He taught, you know, dedication, determination, discipline, just, you know, and it's no secret. It's not like, you know, the blueprint is a secret. And so I applied that and I believe in it. So. So. you said your um the murder of your first wife's brother that's what like brought about the change um i'm gonna say that kind of was like the last straw because it was like 28 murders that year 12 of them was my homie so Mm. you know because he got killed in front of front of my house and then two days later maybe it was in the next day after that they came back and i had a shootout with with the brothers so it was just like she left to go to Atlanta, and I'm like, no, don't go, don't go. You know, I'm I'm moving. I'm I moved to Naperville. You know, I moved into a penthouse suite, security, 24 <laughs> hours on the door, underground parking. <laughs> they don't go nowhere, and uh, because because what I was trying to do is keep a family together, something that I never really had totally growing up, which I did have my stepmom, but my dad was always at work. 
you know, so that, that played a important role, you know, and he just was doing what he felt he needed to do based on no example. So how was that like having a white uh, German stepmother in the eighties? 72. In the seventies so like, and the eighties. <laughs> yeah. What, what was, was that like? like? <laughs> grade school. At least my mama ain't white. <laughs> so, uh, um, as, as I've grown to be who I am today, I'm thankful. Because mm. she just was doing, I mean, she was the authority figure, the disciplinarian, the one that punished you, the one that we would call it straight pure child abuse today, the way she would get up <laughs> with me. Uh, but I was a handful, you know, I would challenge you, you know, and I, and I know I did. And my dad, you know, he let her be that. So, you know, um, if you would have talked to me two years ago, prior to me coming to grips with all the hell I had been creating for people, I would have yeah. been like, man, that's terrible, you know, whoa, whoa. but it's not no more. I thank God for her. Like she, she is the last grade of school I completed was eighth grade. And that's because she left. I flunked the ninth grade, but she left in the seventh, eighth grade, like that transition. Mm. And that speaks volumes to what she had instilled into me up in that time. So I can't look and say that's bad. I can say, I don't want to repeat that experience, but she laid a foundation, man, of structure, you know, stuff that without her, I don't know, I would have, I would have, I know I wouldn't have got it. That's why I had still, it. That's why she was there. Huh? Y'all still communicate? Yeah, I just talked to her the other day. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, how, that's, Andy, uh, how many, uh, so you got three kids? I got three. And two when my well my wife's got two kids, so it's five. Right. Wow. How old are the ages? Them three is gone. So they twenty five, twenty three, and twenty one. <laughs> they up out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they cool. No, nah, they cool. My little my, my youngest one, twenty one, she came over here, laid on the bed, chopping it up with me today, telling me she going to counseling and I told her that because um, I researched the counselor to see who the sister was as a sister. And I said, you tell the counselor to tell me because she can never do the job that I can do because I know what I did. So the, the, the things that I'm out here screwing other women, although y'all didn't see it, you are a harvest of what I was doing. And I think as men or, or males, I should say, because men don't, don't, don't cheat on their they spouses. That's just, it's a fact. The only little, little boys do that. Um, what we don't know is that when we go entertain these other women's spirits, they spirits come into our home mm. and we don't know that. So when the, the, the wife is starting to trip out, she tripping out because you entertaining spirits that's unfamiliar to her. She feels that, but then she, at times it's like, I'm going to turn a blind eye to it, but then it hits the kids. And so now all of that stuff happens and those kids suffer and because of our own selfish ways, we, but it's selfish because we don't understand what we're doing, but we know we're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. We know we're doing wrong. Cause if you wasn't doing wrong, you wouldn't have to lie and cheat. Now my wife be like, Oh, you can have another wife. Then that's an agreement. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, when my girl, she found out I was cheating on her, she said, yo, you never gave me a chance. I didn't know. Well, shit, would you have said yes? Because we could do a do-over now, baby. Hold on. Now. <laughs> 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 I 
So, like, when you were stepping out, did your daughters know what was going on? They knew, um, they, they knew, like, after me and their mom had split up and things got, you know, down the line, but they didn't know because I just talked to everybody. So, like, my conversations were guarded, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I'm a very relational type person. So I have to communicate with you. And when I look at why I was holding on to another woman or another woman, however, it's because of the fear that mm -hmm. if my girl cheats on me, I'm not, I'm going to have me a backup plan because you ain't going to cheat on me and you ain't going to leave me. But because of what I was doing, I always was living in that fear factor because I'm thinking you doing what I'm doing to you. Mm-hmm. So of course that's what's gonna happen. Oh, so so you can do trust it first. You. <laughs> yes, totally, okay. <laughs> totally. And that's just the type of women I would attract. I would attract, you know, like women that was going like promiscuous, but they was classy. Like we we freaks. But I think it's just because it was a spiritual connection. To what the hell was oh, you, going you was, on? You was attracting yourself in the moment, so. Most definitely. Well, I was attracting the desire. But it yeah. was something that I was missing and I thought somebody else could fulfill it. And nobody can fulfill my spirit but me. I get that from my spending time with knowing who I am. As Marcus Garvey would say, man, know thyself. I get mm -hmm. it because I believe in the teachings of Jesus. Well, I believe in the message of Jesus and the teachings of the creator from a spiritual aspect and not a religious aspect. Because there's a difference. There's a big difference because religion yeah. keeps you bound spirituality sets you free. Mm. So I'm free. I don't care if don't nobody believe in Jesus. I believe in the message of Jesus. <laughs> That's what I do. And they said, well, he ain't coming back. Well, good. If he don't come back, no big deal. If he do come back, he gonna know me because I believe. Because <laughs> ain't nothing wrong if you do or don't. Like, I'm not harming no, nobody. Not. I'm not judging you. Because of my belief in Jesus is why I love the atheist, the gay, the lesbian, and everybody else. Because of my love that I understand about dude. And this that just has not been modeled. And I don't care. I'm modeling it. I just tell the gay dude, hey, don't put your hand on my back like that, bro. Fist bumping it, fist bumping. But I love him. Love you, bro, but I'm gonna keep that to yourself, man. You my homie, I pray for you, homie. I ain't lying out. So you led a very interesting life, man. I would say from, you know, your, your uh, experience with your mom and your, and your dad and your stepmom and, you know, going to prison and actually learning what to do to get out of prison <laughs> and having your experience with the women and running for president. I was out. My question to you, brother, is uh, if you had to write a movie, if you had a movie about your life, man, who, who would play that role for you, man? You play what? The role who? of your life. The role of you. I, I, it depends on what age bracket we talking about because I would play me for me. Right, Nobody could play, play you. Yeah. From the time I got out of the county, well, the first, from the time 18 to now, I'm playing me. That's just it. I'm just playing right. me from 18 on up. Six, yeah, straight up out of high school. I got this. So that's what I would do. Right. But like 18 to. Let's say, uh, let's say high school you. I'd have to look and see who who out there Michael right B. now. Michael B. Jordan, 
nah, nah, nah. I, honestly, I'd probably go to like um to the hood, man, and grab yeah. a shorty that you know what I'm saying. In fact, this in fact I know who it would be. I spoke at Oswego High School. The brother graduated from now, but he he a young version of me, cutting lawns, doing stuff. Cause I used to do that. He that that's who I would have play me. Cause he he, he right. a young dude, you know. I wouldn't go get a celebrity. I would go get the ordinary person and say, "Hey, man, let's do this." And I spend time with him, showing my pictures. I would just educate him about my life, and that that's discipleship right. for me. So I, I would I would do that. Okay. Hello. Yeah. So like on every uh, <laughs> on every interview, we ask well, just to ask add some context to the question. So like, um, whenever you think of like abortion or whatever, you you look at it from like a female point of view, or it's like the woman's choice. But um, it's rare that you you get to hear a man's opinion of it or hear their experience dealing with it. So um, have you ever, do you have an abortion story or have you, um, have you ever thought about that? As in, have I, have I ever contributed to an abortion? Yeah. Yeah. And i tell you why. Because the girl I was messing with was pregnant. And I said, this was back in the, the 90s. And um, I already had, you know, my baby mama pregnant. I'm like, girl, you can't have that damn baby, you know. And But back then, it was you knew that that's what, what was going to happen. Because, like, I was a, mm. a heavy dude on the streets, as in, you know, we know he got a woman. You know, he selling dope, you know. Um, so that, that, that I remember that happening. Then the girl got pregnant again. She's like, I ain't getting rid of this baby. And I'm telling you, my mind was like, man, I'm going to have to shoot her in the stomach or kick her. But then she winds up having a miscarriage. Because was, I was afraid, you know. And my fear always came from, I just want these kids with one baby mama. That's, that's the fear. And if mm-hmm. this comes out, then my family going to be broken. And I'm going to be back in that childhood lifestyle again with a broken family. So that's, you mm-hmm. know, where, where it came from. But, um... No, other than that, no. Hey, bro. So that's interesting what you just said. It's like you afraid of losing your family, but it's but you're not afraid of actually, I guess the behavior of like not doing the behavior, not doing, right. not cheating or whatever, that you possibly could lose your family. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? And that that's what it happened. Um, that's what happens when we blind Mm. and we have to understand blind isn't just Stevie wonder blind is where you can't see the stuff you doing because you are trapped in your um, your wrongness or or, because I'm trying to not use the word sin but we're trapped in our own deception so we can't really see but we feel what we don't want to happen, but we keep doing that. And, bro, you know, it's, it's you always, you're giving a piece of you. But for me, hey, I got strength now because, hey, girl, you beautiful. And, you know, I think it's the thrill of always just doing some shit. It, I was always just doing something. Yeah. And I just, and again, when, when, we t- when I talk about the story 
a broken man, because that's the story I talk about, my infidelity, a broken man. Um, I'm only doing, I'm only trying to fulfill a void that I had in my life. I'm trying to fulfill a void and that would never happen. No matter what I kept doing, I was going to stay broken. It wasn't until I got me right. Couldn't nobody mm-hmm. do it for me. Only I could. And the love I would give these girls because I knew how to treat them right. I knew how to do for them. I didn't, I didn't just look at them as a piece of sex. Like I really was attracted to them. So I love them, buying them gifts. Hey, girl, we doing this, but I'm playing you. And prior to, you know, before when I was married, everybody knew I was in a relationship. But after that, and now I'm the single one, that's when I really was lying, you know. (laughs) I mean, I only had like two in a possible. It's not like I was like, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Two and a half. Right. So, so we also asked um, about, uh, in regards to your kids, you said you got five kids. So thinking about all the experiences you had with your kids, what would you say your uh, welcome to fatherhood moment was? It could be any moment that you can think of off the top of your head. The the latest welcome to fatherhood moment, my wife is Puerto Rican. So her her, her youngest son is, Puerto Rican and the oldest one is like Polish and Puerto Rican. He's 20. Right. All during the campaign, um, I I would always say, like my saying was, I can't lose with Vanita Cruz. You know, I had a little flyer, a little Puerto Rican flag. <laughs> and <laughs> when when she wrote my name in, I'm like, whoop, I won. You know, because she my helpmate. Long as the wife did, and this is me, like totally believe in this. But a week after, I wind up having to sit down and build Legos with them, the wife and the two boys. And the bonding that happened, now, now hear me, like I know them and they know me, but they wasn't no real, real tight relationship. Not not a not a, a love from a father love, like, man, I really love It was more like, y'all little niggas need to get y'all <laughs> shit together. That, that's what it was like. And, the, I, you know, I think I'm going to have to wind up busting one of these jokers up one day, you know? But by building that relationship, that's when, that's when I received their vote. And that's when I realized the most important thing on earth is family. And from that, it just, you know, I would talk about Jesus always talking about the father, the father's business and how I had to keep my relationship right now with my dad. Cause I have to honor him. Even if I don't agree with him, um, I honor his position as a father. But I wasn't modeling that in my home. And so that that switched. So that was like a week after the election, you know? So, and my youngest daughter, who was over here laying on the bed today, she done had got kicked out the house twice. And the last time she had got kicked out, like, I was like, girl, I'll bust you up. Like, dude, I was super angry, not realizing the spirit she was operating in was from feeling rejected and, you know, trauma and her own way trying to figure it out. And instead of being the example and role model for her to be the nurturing father, I was more of, I'm not recognizing you going through some of the things that I put you through. So now it's come back as a harvest and I'm trying to like beat you up in the flesh. Like, no, 
and you know, I caught her, texted her up like after three months, missing my baby. Like, dude, I'm sorry. She's like, Dad, I'm sorry too. I shouldn't have waited so long. And you know, she balling now. Bought me some shoes, and you know, I st- she ain't asking to come back, but I don't think I'd put that on the table right now. <laughs> but I wouldn't leave her out there, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because she's 21, and um, but I'm I'm proud of her, and you know, for her to say, "Hey, Dad, I'm going to therapy." Hell, I had two damn therapists. <laughs> you know. I was afraid I was going to go back to cheating or some shit. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> you had to process a couple of things. Yeah, I, look, I needed to get free. And I didn't understand that's what I was trying to do. But now I understand, like, I was committed to being free and not having to lie, like, leaving my phone. Girl, you got have every password I got. Oh, oh, girl, call me. In fact, the girl, it was a sister that, that wind up telling all the stuff on my wife. She texted her maybe like a couple months ago, a picture of me naked in the hotel room. Mm. My wife's response to her was so damn beautiful. She said, look here, sister. I know you miserable. I know you miss him because the dick is good. I married him. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, it just was so dope. And she was like, you know how often my, we think of you? Never. And if my husband did think of you, he quickly realized and just but she was respectful with it, but just was like, look, maybe you ain't never been loved. And I know my man is a good dude that I can see why two years later, you still missing, reminiscing, thinking about him. So it was like dope, you know, but it's because of my honesty. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I wasn't, I mean, when I saw her show me the picture, I was like, ugh, ugh, you know, but bro, <laughs> she, she played it like a G. You were spread out, bro. You had to spread eagle, bro. <laughs> Nah, but I was like, damn, man, we, we cool as hell. I don't want no bull crap. But it wound oh, up working man. out, you know? And, uh, so, like, you know the dirt that you did. And mm-hmm. you had three daughters. So do you look at, like, if they bring a dude to the house, uh, uh, introduce you to their boyfriends or something, do you look at them suspiciously? Or, like, do you try to warn your daughters about dudes? No. Um, what I do is I've always let my kids know that you got an open door policy with your pops. Mm-hmm. You know, I, if you're going to stumble on your face, stumble. If you're going to fall, fall, you know, but I'm going to be right there to grab you because I don't want to overstep their life experience. Ain't no one of them niggas they talk to ever done put their hands crazy on my kids because they all know their dad is that nigga. So, mm-hmm. you know, but outside of that, no. No. And I told my daughters that the boys they picked has always been what they saw in me or didn't see in me. And now what they see in me is a man, not a little boy trying to play daddy. They see a real man because they was like totally against my wife because she when this stuff came out, she posted some stuff all on social media, whatever. And they just was like, no, she did you wrong. And I'm like, she only reacted based on what her comfort zone was. How am I getting mad at her for doing something that I did? You know? But when we was getting married, you know, it was, and I, I said, look, I'm going to pick my wife over you because the two shall become one. But I'm really not picking her over you. But y'all niggas grown. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. What I'm going to do, pick y'all, then y'all go on, move on about your life. And then she stayed with me, and then we old, and then 
we sleeping in separate rooms? No, hell no. So let me ask you this: Is it the reverse? Does she pick you over her son? Well, your wife. Uh, does your wife pick you over her sons? No. What no. my wife <laughs> okay. does. What my wife has done um, is she knows when I'm like I'm in love with God. Like that's the deal. Like this, is my main man's my dude. We rocks. We kick it. And when she has seen in the past when I'm far from that, then that's when you know, it'll be something with the shorties or something. Like, they'll try to come talk to her. But as I've grown and matured and being who I'm supposed to be, me and her mm -hmm. is in agreement on every move. Like, there ain't a move I'm gonna make without my queen. It's just not gonna happen. She got more moves on the chessboard, but I can get her back. She can't get me back. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We gotta That's get this thing right. <laughs> right. Because I can take the other joker's queen and I'm going to come get mine. But if they take the king, it's over. So that's that's the, you know, we got it. We, we strong like that, dog. We strong. That's cool. But it wasn't what, always like that. What, what's the difference between your first marriage and your second marriage in regards to how you interact with, uh, with your wife and with your kids? So this, this marriage here, I'm I'm honest. There ain't no deception, there ain't no secretives, there ain't nothing like that. And in the first marriage, it like I never was nothing. Like I was with her 12, 13 years, and out of that time I couldn't have been more faithful longer than six months. And that whole time. So, you know, that's just that's the difference. And, you know, my first wife, which my wife here that made her cakes and stuff, because my wife bakes just cookies for Mother's Day. Like, she just, she real. She real with this. Um, but I also believe it was helping her grow. Because very rarely do we see uh, couples split up and then not, not, not you know, have a relationship. And I ain't mad at nobody at all. But what you is going to do is not disrespect where I'm at today. But I'm not going to, like, make a big deal about it. I'm just going to be like, yo, this is my queen. This what's up. You're going to put some respect on her name. But I will, I just, even with my first wife, what I know today, what I know about myself, I would have never entertained that. I just wouldn't have entertained that. I look now and I'd be like, yo, that girl I lost my virginity to, that's the one. I should have forgave her, been like, fuck that. We finna get married. Because I thought when you had sex with one person, that's it. It was over with. We both was virgin. But she she thought, because I was so mature from my age, she thought I was lying to her when I told her I was a virgin. She didn't find out the truth to 20 years later. Damn. So yeah, that was some good, a good 90 seconds for her, bro. You was, you was doing your thing, bro. Here's a Sunday school teacher daughter, so you know. <laughs> and, and then when we got caught, I had to go back to Sunday school class. Think about that. And the mom mm -hmm. never did me wrong. She man, it was like it, it just it was a it was a beautiful experience for me to say that the mother didn't treat me like you was wrong with my daughter. It was more like, man, I understand. And called on me and man, it was, it was real. I, I, hey, that was cool. <laughs> Think about that. I'm smiling about the mama, y'all, the mama. Right. <laughs> well, Andy, we're going to get ready to, to wrap it, bro. Um, is it like, let the people know like where they can get in contact with you. So I got uh, two websites. 
www.andywilliamsjr.com. It's going to be updated probably in a week or something, but that's one. And then my best favorite website is www.hoodcandidate.com. The Hood Candidate. That's that's the one I love the most, you know, because I'm the Hood Candidate. So, But either one to get me, you know what I'm saying? I'm on Facebook. I can't have no more followers, but, you know, I mean, I have more followers. I just can't do no friend requests. I be going through that joke every day trying to delete somebody to put somebody new on, but <laughs> you're at the threshold. Huh? Yeah, I am. I am. <laughs> so I appreciate y'all. Yeah, uh, man. Thanks for jumping on, man. We appreciate you, brother. So we got a wealth of experience and uh you had a great story, man. It's it's definitely good that we're gonna be able to put that out there, man. I, I definitely appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate y'all too, man. That's why I come to the classes. Right. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Hey, we got All one right. tomorrow. So if you ain't doing nothing tomorrow night, uh, yeah. join well, us. Jump, jump on there. If you send the link and I'm available, I'm jumping on. So. All right, bet, bet. All right. All right, thanks, y'all. All right, man. Well, thanks again. All right, brothers. Peace. All right, Peace. bro, man. Be good. Yeah. In addition to that, we at Welcome to Fatherhood wanted to invite you to our first Welcome to Fatherhood Masterclass. The topic is investing and is being taught by DeAndre Ratuz. So again, it's January 30th at 1 p.m. Central Time. Uh, we'll have a link to the Eventbrite in the description below. We have a total of 30 tickets available. So... We look forward to seeing uh, whoever gets those tickets there. All right. Be well.